welcome back to Bash University Live. Uh, we were, we were having some uh, behind the scenes dialogue. It was great because I see I see my buddy is, is zooming in. And uh, it's great to have you with us, Mike. Uh, man, we were talking about something that's really, really important. And we were just talking about it is, is access, is your ability to get to bodies of water. We're getting blocked. We're getting, uh, we're dealing with a lot of, lot of issues. And we've got some great guests on tonight that we're going to be talking to about this. But it's, it's something that's important to all anglers, Mike. And I know, I know it's important to you. I know we've all battled with some of these things. Yeah, I'm not repeating what I just said. <laughs> I'm not, so I'll let you go ahead. I'm drinking whiskey tonight. I don't care. I'm, I'm via Zoom, so I can say shit tonight. Oh, I don't give a shit. All right. You take it. Hey, it, it reminds me of the, the, the first episode of Mike Clive. It does. It does <laughs> a lot. That we, that we did for a while. But speaking of which, Lane, did you see Lane catch a touchdown pass? Lane, that was awesome. Lane John, that that was that was awesome. Did he really? the, yeah. the offensive lineman from the Eagles. Uh, why why you call um, offensive? Uh, well, because well, the guys that the New York Giants thought it was pretty offensive. That ain't cool. So, uh, but uh, anyway, great to have you with us, Mike. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some really great guests that are, that are with us tonight as well. We're talking about angler access issues. Uh, on tonight's Bash University Live, and um, and sitting in studio, who I'm looking for his camera, and, and and I don't see him on my Zoom feed, but I imagine you guys might is uh, the Eco Bass Angler. Uh, he is the Bass University um, Conservation Officer uh, for us, and we're we're really glad to have you with us tonight, Craig. Are you there? He is not there. We're, we're, de we're, we're dealing with uh, some audio issues in, st in studio. Are you there, Craig? Uh, I see the top of, I see the very top of Craig's head. Yeah, I'm here. Barely. And, and, and it says Rebecca Iconelli. <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> you look nice tonight, babe. Uh, thank you, hon. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm excited about tonight's topic, man. We got, uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. Um, some things going on here in the state of New Jersey that uh, is just going to blow your hair back. Um, some of the stuff that we revealed and we've been talking about lately, I think it's going to uh, set a kind of a playbook or a you know blueprint for others to follow. Uh, we got some good guests coming on, and uh, I think it's a really really important topic. Uh, Brian and I were uh, talking, uh, just chatting. You got me. All right. A little correction. We were um, we were chatting the other day and um, about the significance of this, and uh, it kind of you know I was looking at some NewJerseyFishing.com articles and I saw some stuff going on here in the state, and it reminded me of of uh, a piece that Gene is coming on later tonight um, in a minute here um, wrote. He wrote a, a piece in like 2015. It was about the five things that are biggest threats to our sport, and yep. um, one of them. Um, is access. Uh, there was others, invasive species and, and, and uh, pollution, habitat loss and things like that. But uh, access sort of stuck out for me. And uh, of course, we face that a lot here, you know, in the Northeast. Um, we struggled trying to get permission, you know, permits to do tournaments and just to get on, you know, public bodies of water. So 
I think it's going to be a uh, you know really good topic. I did a little bit of uh, digging around, and I found you know pretty easily on the internet there's a bunch other access issues going you know across the state as well. So we can kind of you know tap into them. But uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from Gene uh, on that topic. And and um, we did some digging. We found kind of the three amigos that really took on the fight up at Greenwood Lake here in New Jersey. And uh, Lou agreed to come on. Um, wait to hear his story. Uh, he's just so articulate and uh, um, really going to be a, a, an advocate or is an advocate for, for sportsmen. And I think uh, we're all going to learn a lot uh, listening to his story. Absolutely. Craig, uh, man, thank you so much. Appreciate you being in studio. Uh, I know guys, I, I couldn't be in studio tonight because I got, I got some COVID running around uh, potentially in my house. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to zoom in. I'm glad you're there. CD CD. I call him CD Craig Duran, uh, eco bass angler is the owner and president of TTI environmental. And, uh, back in the day you were my supervisor at TTI. <laughs> Yeah, now you're <laughs> supervising me tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're glad to have you, man. And uh, uh, TTI Environmental Consulting, uh, they do work nationwide in the environmental field. He's the vice chair and board member of the Partnership of the Delaware Estuary. It's a nonprofit dedicated to improving the health of the Delaware River and Bay. And, uh, of course, he's a Rud Rutgers grad in environmental science and um you know, so just to give you a little bit of background on Craig and uh, Craig and I have been, you know, working together, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of the stuff that's going on. But I, like I said, we, we've we've kind of gotten focused on this issue because it's an issue that's important to, to every every angler, you know, that's out there. And, and it's different whether you're, you know, in Louisiana dealing with uh the whatever they're dealing with down there people buying properties getting gaining access to the waterways down there uh to what we're dealing with back here which is which is a big deal like we've we've had a lake here and we've kind of teased a little bit as greenwood lake where where the anglers have been uh you know basically cut off from being able to fish this lake craig what, can can you like what what are the details of that situation how did the anglers get cut out yeah yeah before we go there, Pete, you're right. I mean, all the other threats that threaten our sport, we can have, you know, agreements and disagreements about invasive species, whether they're good or bad, whether they end up on the right side of the fence or not. We can sort of debate that even within our community. But access, man, that is that is simple. That is clear cut for us, right? We can all agree that if it's a public body of water, state-owned or what have you, um, you know, we have the right, um, we should be on that body of water. Uh, up in Greenwood, I think, it, you know, Lou's going to tell the story, but it got highlighted, uh, you know, for over the years, and it kept getting um, more and more difficult to get on the lake. The lake had maybe like 10 marinas that everybody would just pay to get access to, and the marinas were pretty cool for a while, I guess, letting people on, but when COVID hit and things got a little stricter, um, they, they kind of catered to the people who were putting their boats in the water or, you know, for a slip. And they weren't letting uh, bass anglers splash their boats uh, very easily. It's hard to get a tournament. It's hard to get a parking lot. And then they started jacking up the uh, the prices. You know, they were forty, fifty dollars a splash to put your boat in. Um, wow! So it kind of got people, you know, outraged, and um, they organized, and um, their voice was heard, and there's progress being made to um, get a ramp built uh, by the state. 
I mean, basically, you know, the, the citizens of New Jersey own that lake. Um, it's a public body of water. Um, the fishery, uh, you know, Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife, they, they stock it, they maintain it. Um, so, you know, uh, we should be on it, right? Um, and, and it's going to be a great story. Wait, wait to hear. It, it's not over. The battle's not over. Um, but it involved how you organize, how you get a petition, how you um, activate or, 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 or make your politicians aware and get them involved. Um, the, the organization of how to do that and how to pull that off um, is a lot of hard work, you know, and, and you're going to hear some, some, good, some good detail behind that tonight. Oh, show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Ma- hey. Mike, what, what a, have you ever paid $40 for a boat launch? $40 seems excessive. <laughs> it does. I, I've paid in in excess of 20 but I don't think for, I've never paid $40 to launch a boat. Do they park yep. your truck for you? Yeah. Does it come with lunch? Yeah, so some of these guys <laughs> were showing up to the marina, you know, and they would show up in the morning and the marina's closed. Or, you know, they don't even want to open up till 8 o'clock. They were putting boulders on the ramp. They yeah. putting, you know, machines in the way. Uh, there's a story up at Greenwood where a guy lived on the lake, but, you know, a couple of streets back and wanted to take his boat out. Um, he can't even find a way to get to the water without going through the marinas who, you know, or, or being challenging, being difficult for him to uh, put his boat in. And, you know, they're getting $1,500, $2,000, you know, a boat to float them in the slips. So they're not really interested in, nah. you know, 20 bucks, you know what I mean, to, for someone to splash a boat. It's just but annoying to them. What, what I'm interested in and kind of like wondering about is, is this widespread? And, Mike, you might be able to speak to this a little bit from traveling all over so much. Like, are there other states that are kind of giving anglers as much of a hard time as the state of New Jersey is? Or is it really only... Only where we are in the Garden State. No, let me jump in and tell you, this is a national issue. Um, you know, the nice thing about tonight's show is we got some great guests on that can speak, you, you know, locally. And we all live here, so we're very vested in this. But it is a national issue. Um, you know, I think, of course, you know, the Northeast and California are probably the two places you see it the most. But you deal with it everywhere. Not all of them are ramp access issues some are you know privatized canals i mean look at the situation with louisiana uh and you've got a good you know understanding of the same issues a little different but it's the same issue right it's water rights water access so this is a national issue um you're watching and listening tonight you know listen we all want to become better fishermen and techniques and patterns and all that stuff matter but from a standpoint of the politics, the political side of it, we got to do something about this because this is our right. The more that these things are taken away, the more we're losing our access to be able to enjoy the sport that we love. So um, this is a big deal. If you're watching and listening and you're like, I live in Maryland, I live in Ohio, I don't give a crap. You've got these same issues where you live, believe me. And um, this is something you got to, you got to pay attention to. Hundred percent. Uh, I don't know what's going on in California, um, and I'm I'm anxious, guys. If you're wherever you are in your part of the country, uh, let us know what you know what issues that you're dealing with. Um, you know, it's uh, I know it's nationwide, and and everybody's 
you know, got to contend with these types of things. And um, I want to, uh, I just want to air out some of the stuff that I'm dealing with. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, not, not, it's access, but it's in a different way. There's a, there's a couple things that, that I've observed. And I talked to you a little bit about this CD and we, we have, uh, we have some very politically active people that have really dominated the lake and, and taken it over in some places in, uh, in, in our area, in the form of scholars, uh, they have, they're incredibly politically active. They block fishermen from being able to have tournaments on our lakes and um, they're able to run outboard motors where anglers are not. Uh, man, that just drives me, it drives me crazy, which, you know, it, it, as fishermen, we, we have a voice. And I, I just think our voice isn't being exercised as much as it could be. Uh, and we need, to fit, we need to learn how to be able to contact people that are the powers that be, the people that are in charge of these waterways so that we can fight this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's crazy. You have, you have guys out there running their outboard motors while guys are rowing and, and kick and anglers aren't even allowed to launch their boats on those waterways. It's, it's, it upsets me, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's typical politics, right? Money, money talks, money trumps everything. It's unfortunate, but as taxpayers, um, you know, we, we should have certain rights and, and, we're paying our, our money, right, through, through taxes. And, you know, I'm really anxious to get some of the guests on tonight, um, you know, our local guests and Gene and, and get their opinions on this. But this is a big deal. The more we speak up, the more we stir the pot and make noise and bang on pots and pans, you know, the more that that change will hopefully happen. But, um, you know, to have a fishery that is a fishery that, you know, is a state fishery that is stocked, that has state access, and, you know, to be denied getting on those places because of stuff like that, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, and it's very frustrating, you know. Yeah, hey, I, I wanted to thank you, too, uh, Ike and, and Pete, for, you know, highlighting this, you know, because that, that's – that's the start, right? We, we put some sunshine on this and bring this to the forefront. I did bring with me tonight um, a couple other examples of some of the things that are going on around the country. There's things in New Hampshire and Colorado and, and California, like you mentioned. Um, and it's not just bass angling, you know, either. I think there's some brotherhood that we can get um, maybe some a bigger voice if we kind of broaden it, you know, to just fishing. Um, because a lot of things are going on. Colorado with, like, river access and um, blockage of areas where people can enter and, and then they wade down into a stream um, that's owned, you know, on the land by the landowner and they get kicked out and, and there's big battles. There's there's a huge battle uh, going on in, in uh, Canada even. Um, a, a billionaire uh, that owns the L.A. Uh, Rams, um, he won an appeal in a court and blocked off a bunch of anglers from uh, lakes owned by Canada. Um, so it's, it's, it's even up happening up there. Um, we can get into some of those other stories too, but it's, it's crazy. And it, you know, we, we need to take, uh, some, some action and, and, you know, pull together, um, as best we can different associations and put the pressure where the pressure is needed. Agreed. Agreed. Yes, indeed. 
What? Hey, I got so, um. I, before we go too deep into this, I got Gene Gilliland sitting in the queue and and uh, ready to roll. And then we have another guest after him. If you guys are good, I'd like to bring him, bring Gene in now. Is it, does that work for you, Peter? You got? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been uh, we've been kind of chit chatting, waiting uh, for Gene to appear up in the Zoom call. Yeah, we made to read the notes and follow directions. Yeah. All right. Yeah, briefly touch upon it, then bring the guest on. <laughs> Well, uh, and, and and I'm really excited. You know, we we had him on here earlier with us, and uh, and Gene's the best. He's he's uh, you know we've talked to him and interviewed him many times at Bass University, and he's the Bass Conservation Director. That's Bass Anglers Sportsman Society uh, Conservation Director, Gene Gilliland. It's it's awesome. Thanks for coming out and and hanging out with us tonight, Gene. Gene, I'm. <laughs> You are you are muted currently, Gene. Please unmute yourself. There he is. You gotta be smarter than the equipment. That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to have you with us tonight, Gene. We're talking about uh, anglers access, angler access issues, and it's going on all over the country. And uh, you know, we're we're thrilled to have you with us tonight to try to help us understand what's happening and what we can do. Well, I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, Craig kind of alerted me to the situation and going on there in New Jersey. And it's something that we've been dealing with, uh, as, as Mike said, around the country. Um, and it's not just something on the two coasts. Um, there's a lake in Texas, in central Texas, that is public water and there is no public access to it now. Um, We've got situations in Illinois that are being closed off, in Minnesota, in Michigan. In a lot of cases, it's, it's areas where homeowners associations or, or lake associations have basically bought up the entire perimeter of a lake. And so there's no land available for the state to even come in and do something. And in some cases, if there were lots available, let's say there was a plot of land, the state said, yeah, we're gonna come in and build a boat ramp there. Most state laws say that the, the state has to pay fair market value for that land. Well, the homeowners association gets together and basically outbids the state. And now that piece of property is off the market. and the public is locked out. So there's things like that that are going on that that are, uh, it, it, we hear more and more about those kind of situations where um, people are privatizing public water. And, and, you know, you can talk about the whole issue of, well, the state stocked it, so we ought to be able to fish it and that sort of thing. But if you can't get on it, it doesn't matter who's stocked it. And, and that's, that's where we're running into the problems. And, you know, Mike, you said it, you know, money talks and that's unfortunate. And it goes not just in the, the way that people are buying up the property, but, uh, you know, Craig mentioned the, the, the billionaire uh, football team owner that can hire a whole army of lawyers to fight these kind of issues. And generally on our side, the, the angler side, there's just, we can't muster that kind of 
political or legal power to fight a good fight. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. When you mentioned South Louisiana, the, the, the problems we've got going on down there where they're blocking off canals and ditches and, and, and uh, bayous left and right. I went down and testified a couple of years ago at a, at a, uh, a committee meeting that the state legislature had put together. And on one side of the panel, there were probably six or eight attorneys that represented landowners, the oil and gas industry, um, the commercial fishing industry. And over here on this side, we have a few guides, some <laughs> people that want to take their kids fishing. There, there were no attorneys on our side of the, the ledger over here. And it, it's, it's just, it's not even a fair, even playing field in a lot of cases. And that's, that's really hurting us. Well, yeah, I, good, Mike. No, I was just going to say, I'd, I'd agree. And, you know, I think, um, and I'm just generalizing here, of course, but I think most anglers, most sportsmen are very passionate about what they do and they love what they do. They love fishing. They love hunting. They, they love their sport. But, you know, when it comes to the political side, it's, it's scary, it's intimidating, it's something they don't know, right? And, and I can relate to that because I've, I've felt those things myself. And, um, you know, that's, that's the message that we got to get out there. I mean, it, it's, it's as vital to confront these issues, especially this one, as it is to pass it down to your kids, right? It, that's a vital one. And people get that, right? Yeah, I know to grow the sport, you got to teach kids how to fish. You got to pass down. That's an easy one to wrap your hands around. But when it comes to this one, it's much tougher because, you know, when you mentioned politics, it just becomes scary. You know, what do I do, right? How, how can I help? I'm out in right. Middletown, Ohio, population 1002. How can, how can I help? with this? What could I do? Right. I, I get it. I get it. But, but I think we can all, we can all help. Right. And that's something I would love to hear tonight from some of our guests. I know Brian, we've got um, Lou coming on here in a second. I would love to hear from Gene and these guys and Craig, you know, because I'm in the same boat, right? We've got a lot of people listening and watching. How can they help? What can we do? Right. You know, who can we contact? We got to we got to cause a ruckus. We got to take on the responsibility of this and not as it's a burden, but as it's a duty to yes. do it. Because yep. if, if not, we're screwed, guys. Yeah. We're screwed. We're screwed. You know. Can yeah, I say here. screwed on BU? Yeah, <laughs> you just did six times. OK. <laughs> All right. Let's make well sure. So let, let's throw it to you, Gene. What 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 are some steps that that guys that that want to take action, volunteer, get involved? What what can they do? Well, there's there's really two things that people need to consider. the The first one is we've got to find partners. We can't fight this by ourselves. We need to find other groups that are being affected the same way that bass fishermen are. 
we need to to mm. to look at anybody that wants access to that water. Now, it seems a little bit odd to want to, you know, make friends and and try to be uh, allies with the people that are out there with jet skis, but you know, in now, a lot of cases. Jet skis? There's, there's just not, <laughs> we got to get all of the groups that want to use the water mm -hmm. together, talking the same language. And as, mm -hmm. as we've said for a long time, we got to get a seat at the table. That's the other big issue is when decisions are being made about what's, what's going on with a body of water, the angling community, and I'm talking about just bass fishermen, I'm talking about the guys that are fishing for crappie and muskie and trout and salmon and anything else. We all need to be on the same side and we need to have a place at that, that negotiating table so that our interests are part of the discussion. And the politicians need to know that we are a force to be reckoned with that we have numbers on our side. Maybe we don't have as much money or as many lawyers, but we got people that vote and they got to know that. And that's a big part of it. We've got some leverage there that we can use to make sure that they understand that we're serious about this, but we got to make sure we've got a seat at the table and we've got to get our partners working with us so that when we get into those situations where the marina operators say, well, you know, I I'm represent 500 people. Somebody from the fishing side can say, well, I represent 5,000 people. And then when you start talking numbers like that, the politicians pay attention because those are people that vote and, and that makes a difference to them. So those are the things that we really got to start out with. The other thing that I think we need to, to think back about too is kind of let's step back and look at the, 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 the groundwork where, where a lot of this comes from. Every state gets money from the federal government through the sport fish restoration program. That's the excise tax that's on hunting the tackle, rods, reels, lures, uh, even the fuel, the marine fuel that, that goes in boats and motors. Every state gets a chunk of that money from the feds. And the law says that 15% of that has to be spent on boating access. So in the case of the state of New Jersey, they get about $4 million a year from this sport fish restoration program. 15% of that is $800,000, give or take. So that money is supposed to be going towards boating access improvements and maintenance. And so there's one thing that you can go to your state fish and game agency and say, where's that money going? What's it being spent on? Now, they may have it allocated for two or three years down the road. So they may not have money today that they can spend. But there's money out there that, that's dedicated to fishing and boating access. 
Now, the catch in that is that it's a matching program. The feds say, we'll give you $3 for every $1 that the state puts up. Well, that means the state's got to have a dollar somewhere. It can be private money. It can be um, licensed dollars from fishing license sales. It just can't be other federal money, but they can put up $1. The feds will put up three. So you can see how you want to build a, a million dollar boat ramp. The state only has to put up $250,000. The federal money comes in with 750,000 and you build a really, really nice boat ramp for a million bucks. So that's available in almost every state. If people find out how it's being spent. And that's that that would be one of the questions I would have for you guys in, in Jersey is to say, go to the state fish and wildlife agency and say, okay, where's our money going? Because me as an angler, as a boater, I'm paying into that. And I want to know where my money's going. So that's one of the first questions to ask when you're talking about trying to build a boat ramp or have some kind of access put in, talk to the state boating access people and say, where's my money going? And you can, you start the conversation right there. And, and I guess, uh, I guess we, you know, maybe we need some more specifics like, man, where, where does that agency, you know, where does it exist? How do we reach out to them? You know, do we write letters to these groups? Well, it's the state fish and wildlife agency. The first, mm -hmm. yep. the first thing you do is you call up the, the, uh, your, your state agency and you ask for the boating access coordinator. They've got one. They may call it something a little bit different, but that's what it amounts to because they'll have somebody on their staff that is in charge of this program. And you start asking them questions and say, where are you building boat ramps? And what are the priorities for the next two or three or five years? You know, we, we know you, you tell them, Hey, I know that you're supposed to spend money on boating access because the sport fish restoration law act says that you, you're supposed to find out where they're, where they're spending their money. And that opens the door then to the conversation about places like Greenwood Lake, where you think, okay, there's, there's a potential of doing something there. Let's get that on the list. If it's not already. Yep. I think it's a great time to bring, bring in our next guest to, to join this uh, conversation right here. And that is yeah, uh, Lou Martinez. Hey, Lou, are you with us? There he is. Lou, can you hear us? I got you, Pete. How you doing? I'm good, Lou. I know we're, you know, we're talking about uh, angler access issues. We got a particular issue that, uh, you know, is taking place, and we mentioned a little bit on Greenwood Lake, which is close to us. And uh, you've been on the front lines, um, you know, tackling this issue and many other issues. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been, well, tell, tell us about it. Tell us about what you're facing up there and, and, and how things are progressing. Okay. Getting back to, uh, March of, uh, last of this past year, uh, captain Dave Owen, we had a good friend of mine 
contacted me and said, Lou, we can't get onto Greenwood anymore. And I said, what are you talking about? Says the Marinas won't let us onto Greenwood anymore. So I write for the Federated Sportsman's News. I called all of the Marinas, found out that 90% of them were not allowing access, they were denying it. So we decided, well, we have to do something to uh, alleviate this problem. And uh, I got can to I, get- Can I, can I, what, what, what does denying access mean? Did they like block the ramps? And, they, like put, they put uh, large machinery blocking the ramps and they actually dug post and put chains across there. What? And then they even put up signs, no, no, uh, no launching at all. No launching at all. We have the photos. We sent them to the store ledger. Um, it, it came out on the front page of the ledger that fishermen were losing their favorite lake, uh, Greenwood Lake. And um, we started a petition, Captain Dave, put a petition on change.org. It generated 2000 signatures uh, with the help of Paul Schmidt from Northeast Bass Pastors. Paul's club alone got us 500 signatures. Once we had enough signatures on the petition, it drew media attention. The media attention then drew legislative attention. When the Star Ledger comes out in Trenton and the first uh, article on the page is that fishermen are very upset that they're losing their favorite lake, legislators are gonna listen, they're gonna start to get involved. We sent them copies of the petitions with 2000 signatures. Uh, they saw that this was a legitimate problem and now in November, uh, this past November, two of our state legislators came up with uh, law that would make it um, require the DEP to provide public access for boats on state-owned lakes and it appropriates $1 million for this access. Right now, this uh, legislation is making its way through the process. We're also working with the Division of Fish and Wildlife, who's been very helpful in uh, moving this along. As a matter of fact, they took their land that had been leased to West Milford for the last 25 years, took that land back from West Milford. That's Brown's Point. That's where the public launch is gonna be built. So it's not an easy job. It's something that you really have to uh, dedicate yourself to. And you need good people working with you to get this going. Once you get it going, you get people start calling you up. Hey, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you try that? And then we had reporters calling us. What's going on? We see this petition. What's going on? They put it on front page of the paper and all of a sudden the marinas get very pissed off that we did this excuse my french but oui, oui. the bottom line is the people that paid for the last 30 years for you to make your money now suddenly you're not allowing us to 
do what we've always done, pay you to launch our boats. Now they, the one or two that are willing to let you do it are saying they want $50. We're not, we're not willing to pay that. We'll wait till they put a public launch in there. They're not getting any more of our money. But the bottom line is that bass fishermen, all fishermen have to start uniting and working together. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't care if you're a bass fisherman, a muskie fisherman, maybe you don't like each other. You better start working together, guys. We're gonna lose it. Yep. Does that does that mean like Gene said we have to make friends with the jet skiers, Lou? Ooh. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gene. I don't agree with that one, Gene, because one of the biggest pains in our behind is a jet skier on the commission. So no, I'm not making friends with him anytime soon. Or the wake boaters. As a matter of fact, they made Gene, they made the uh, um remark to to Captain Dave, you guys can't afford to fish here. Oh, you can't pay fifty dollars. You can't afford to fish here. My money built that fishery. That's right. I paid for thirty-five years to use that fishery, and now suddenly it's a resort. No, no, it's the second biggest fishing lake in New Jersey, and we you, ain't got many. We ain't got many. We're hurting for them, so they don't get to take number two away. Uh -uh. You're not kidding. Nah. And I see that you're having problems down in South Jersey. We're looking into Alloway Lake for you. My man. Uh, Thank you. United Freshwater Anglers uh, are going to take a look at this. I'm going to be sitting in on a meeting at the invitation of our Fish and Game Council chairman on the 12th of January, Southern federation uh meeting of all of the counties this is going to be on the agenda right on bring it to the federation the federation works with the new jersey outdoor alliance and other organizations and maybe we can do something to help you out oh man that would be great i appreciate it you know you but can honestly, we get pete there? do you need pete there <laughs> uh, i'm going to tell I'm you pete the, the one thing that you got to really drive home to your members, future fishing's in your hands. Yeah. Mm. You decide to sit on them, you're not going to be fishing way, where you want to fish, when you want to fish for very much longer. There's an undercurrent going on, guys. There's the animal rights activists yeah. are going to these little associations. They're getting you thrown off of them you don't even know what's happening that's right you just think it's the association came up with these rules and regulations they do the same thing with the bow hunters yep. they go from town to town they pass an ordinance no discharge ordinance now what does that mean no more hunting they can do the same thing with fishing and they've had it on their agenda i'm going to tell you going back 35 years, no fishing is on their agenda. That's the Humane Society, PETA, and all our other little buddies. Yeah, yeah Pete, <laughs> Pete, are you hearing the, um, are you hearing this uh, playbook here? You know, petition, uh, media, mm. political involvement? 
The the bottom line is if you follow the blueprint that the bow hunters laid out for us 35 years ago, you get your guys to go to class to learn media, public, and government relations. You should be able to get that from the Sportsman's Alliance in Ohio. They are the ones that graduated the first class 35 years ago. That's why you guys that's, that bow hunt can still bow hunt in this country. Uh, they taught us how to work with the media, how to get positive attention for our problems. And not only that, we went and took it a step further. We went and protested at the animal rights activist fundraisers. We cut into their money-making abilities, their um, guest speaker, Cleveland Amory, I, you older guys will remember that name, um, showed up. He was their guest speaker. He saw us protesting in front of the picnic. He left. They wanted to sue us because we stopped their capability to raise funds. <laughs> and we have a lot more fishermen than there are bow hunters or gun hunters. We got to get them working together yes. and we can beat them. But if everybody just does their own little thing at their own little time, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Nah. I'm telling you, I've been doing this for 40 years. I see the handwriting on the wall. Yeah. Well, Blue, man, the, the the work that you're doing is amazing. And, and uh, we well, can feel your passion for it. And, and Gene, how awesome would it be to have a Lou in every state in the nation working on the behalf of Bassing. Well, well yeah, we, we need to clone him. <laughs> <laughs> we actually I'm got people, we got people on the message board asking uh, if Lou can handle their divorce for them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, if it's, you know, we're spreading our wings quite that far at the Bass University, but uh, Lou, you, you, well, you seem I've pretty influential. I've been married since 77, so I don't have any uh, experience in divorcing. Good for you, Lou. Yeah. That ain't yeah. easy. Yeah. This is for me to you right here. That's good work. Man. All right. I, and once again, I just want to thank my colleagues, Dave and uh, Paul Schmidt. If I didn't have these two guys on my side, couldn't do this by myself. Yeah. Couldn't do this by myself. Lou, how could somebody that, you know, say there's somebody watching this show right now that wants to get involved, wants to make a difference, help somehow. What's the first step um, that they could do? What, what, who's, who's the first point of contact? Is there a website they need to go to? How do they get their foot involved in the fight for the rights as, as, as bass anglers in the state of New Jersey? As bass anglers in the state of New Jersey, they can go through their Bass Federation or they can go through the State Federation of Sportsmen's Clubs. They seem to have a little more cloud simply because they're the ones that elect the people that go on to our fish and game council. There's six sportsmen. There's uh, farmers. I believe there's three of them. There's a couple from the general public and one from endangered and non-game species. But um, no jet for the most part, <laughs> it's, you know, and Murphy wants to change this. He wants to add five more seats on the council we'll never go for that because they're going right to hand eyes yeah you know and then you're going to see a lot of problems in the state of new jersey so far we've been able 
to stop that from happening. Yeah. But uh, really, gentlemen, I mean, you got the forum here. You got to use it and you got to pound it into these guys' heads. It's great to learn to catch fish, how to catch fish, when to catch fish. But if you want to keep catching fish, you're going to have to work for it. I agree, Lou. A lot of this was handed down to us by our elders. But now it seems that the new generation or Gen X or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> They don't want to be bothered with this stuff. They want to play their video games and that's it. With the outdoors. <laughs> this is really like a terrible thing that's happening in this country. Right. You know, but little by little, uh, working together, we we can we can beat these people. But you're talking about a bunch of tennis uh shoe wearing old biddies <laughs> telling you where you're going to fish and what you're going to do. You shouldn't stand for that. Nah, we ain't standing for the tennis shoes. Yeah. No, tennis shoe you. wearing. No. no. Old biddies. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tree shoes. huggers. That's right. Yeah. Gene. Tree Gene. huggers. Gene. Hey, listen, don't laugh. They just, they just stopped the bear season in Jersey. Yeah. Yep. I mean, two years ago, they killed the, the number one bear in the world was killed in New Jersey. And now you can't even hunt bears. What do you mean, Jersey. number one? Number one, uh, Pope and Young Club uh, bear was ki killed by Jeff Malilio. In Jersey? Uh, in 2019. Yeah. It was, it was uh, certified by the Pope and Young Club as the number one archery taken bear in, in the world. That was a squatch. In the world. <laughs> It squashed wow. the record. Wow. <laughs> 714 well, pounds. You've got Federation of Presidents, and you've got environmental directors all over the country in bass. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got a conservation director uh, in, in almost every state, not everyone, uh, that are part of the Bass Nation. And, and they, they're generally pretty plugged into these issues. Uh, unfortunately, bass fishermen, fishermen in general, tend to be more reactive than proactive, and that's mm -hmm. one of the problems is that by the time they, they realize that there's a problem, the bus has already run over them, and, 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 and it's hard to catch up when, you're, when you've already got tire tracks on your back, and, and so that's, you know, what Lou's saying is exactly right. You got to get out ahead of these things. And you need people kind of have to have an early warning system. You got to have people that have their ear to the ground, know what's going on, can kind of keep tabs on, on things that are coming at you. And you may not know exactly what's up, what's up yet, but you got to have a little bit of an idea of, of what the fight's going to be. Um, we've got places around the country where there are groups that are using invasive species rules to prevent anglers and boaters from getting on bodies of water now. And, and it's really just another way of privatizing those waters. It's groups that say, we don't want you on our water. So, oh, look, the state gives us the right to police this uh, water body through these new invasive species rules and inspection processes and that sort of thing. And in fact, what they're trying to do is just keep outsiders off of their water. Yeah. And, yeah. and so 
it, it may not be as, you know, like the situation you got there in New Jersey where, where the marinas are shutting things down. It might be the county or homeowners groups or lake associations are getting, are getting very powerful. And those are the groups that we've really got to be watching and keeping an eye on what they're doing. And, and, uh, and every, every state has got some kind of an issue like this. There's uh, almost everywhere I'm, I'm hearing more and more of it. Now, one of the things that we do have kind of helping in our favor, you know, Lou mentioned the legislative uh, avenue. We, uh, we've got some, some partners the National Marine Manufacturers Association, NMMA, their whole job is to get people boating and keep people boating. And with the boom in trailer boat sales and, and use those, this last year, they are on our side in terms of trying to help access problems. The American Sport Fishing Association, obviously they want people fishing. That's the, they represent the tackle industry. Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. This is a group that's made up of every state has legislators who are sportsmen. They hunt, they fish. Those people are on our side. We need to all get to know each other and make sure that we're all on the same page. So when, when our early warning system sends up some kind of red flag, we get all of these groups together like Lou was talking about, he's got, he's got people trained to, to go through the next step. Here's what you do next and what you do next so that we get some of this action taken before it's too late. I agree with you, Gene. Uh, I wanna just finish up by saying that Senator Panaccio, who is one of the sponsors of the bill, sums it right up. He says there are more than one and a half million fish, uh, uh, more than one and a half million anglers that fish the state's waters each year. Two out of every three boats is used for fishing in New Jersey. The public should be able to enjoy the same ease of access enjoyed by property owners, members of private marinas. Incredibly, Greenwood Lake, the second largest lake in the state has no public access. This bill will fix that. The bill also provides for public access for boats on state-owned lakes. So it's not only gonna be Greenwood, it's gonna be other public bodies of water that we may have already been kicked off of that now we have a footfall to get back in there, you know? But it, we're not gonna get in there if we don't go after it. If we just sit and do nothing, then that's what we're gonna receive, nothing. And that's where some of the partners that we've got, especially like our Congressional Sportsman's Foundation group, they know all of the other legislators within the assembly there that are outdoors. Which ones to contact, sure. And they know which buttons to push. Because you're, you know, Mike said it earlier, the typical bass angler, he, he doesn't know politics, doesn't want to know politics. That's where we have to rely on some of our partners that they know the ins and outs of what goes on and who to contact. And once they provide us with that, what I call a call to action, that's when Mike gets on here and he says, okay, sportsman, 
you need to call your congressman or write a letter or send an email, make a phone call, because that's when they'll really start responding when we send out that call to action and we get the whole universe of anglers that's, going in the same direction. That's absolutely true. But when going back to our bow hunting days, uh, when they first had the two bills, one to ban bow hunting, one to ban broadheads, uh, we asked the committee that was uh, looking at this bill to give us a chance to respond. They laughed in our face. They weren't laughing when they got 2,000 letters in wheelbarrows, okay? I got a letter from Raymond Zane, a, a good senator from South, South Jersey, basically told me, please, in the future, one phone call, no more letters. He says, I have to answer all these letters. Well, guys, that's what we have to do now. We got to beat them with emails. We have to hit them with phone calls. We have to drive them crazy. That's the only thing they understand. And that's how the animal rights activists are playing their game. And that's why they're getting so much headway in, in, in not only this state, but other states. Well, yeah, hey, real quick. Let, Pete, let me jump in. I, I want to say something real quick. And I, I, lo I love this conversation. Um, I just want to add to that. You know, as times change, social media is an amazing tool. And, you know, there's good and bad parts to social media. But one of the good parts is we can use social media to help spread the word and to get it out quick, more quickly than we could in the past. So, you know, it, if you're like me and you're not, you don't have a great handle on the political system or you're, or you're intimidated, everyone has a social media account. You have a voice there, use it, tag people uh, in those posts, create an atomic reaction through social media. And that'll, that'll help get it some eyeballs. And the other thing too, Mike, uh, keep it civil. Hmm. They have to keep it civil. I have a hard time with that, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's not I'm easy. I'm not pointing you out. I'm saying what <laughs> I see on social media. Some of it really hurts us. So, uh, if they're going to contact, just keep it civil. Be nice. You'll get your way. So, so Sound no and torches place. and pitch, pitchforks and. No, not this, not this week. Not yet. Yeah, we might try that next, though. Uh, <laughs> flaming arrows. Yeah. I, yeah well, I, I was state champion. I was going to everyone in South Jersey ramming the gate at Alloway Lake, but I probably Hello. shouldn't do that. No, but, you know, that's we're not there yet. I thought we were going to okay. run up there from the Delaware, jump the dam. Jump the dam. Well, I, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've sent your your I've sent Brian six pages on Alloway Lake, all of their uh, provisions and all of the changes that they've made since they accepted that Green Acres money. And the only problem that I see with this is we're probably about three or four years or five years too damn late. Oh, we should have been going to these meetings. As soon as they got that money and it was going to be public access, we should have been there when they were drawing up all of their little bylaws and all of their mm -hmm. little uh, uh, ways to keep you out, 18-foot boats, no gas engines. 
I mean, all of this could have been just taken out of there before it even got put in. Lou, how much of this has to do with us and what we do as fishermen as opposed to the riffraff that occurs at boat ramps and public access areas outside of fishermen, i.e., you know, one of the things that kills me is anytime I walk up to a boat ramp or I'm driving into a, a WMA and I'm going to go fishing is seeing piles of trash as I'm going in. Because I know from my experience hunting that that's the quickest way to get a gate locked is to that's have to have trash true. and have yes. people swimming because if there's if there's trash everywhere and somebody drowns, guess what? It's over. So, you know, h- how much of this is really stuff that we're doing or, or or is it outside factors influencing this as well when i first spoke, spoke with paul zarillo from the greenwood lake commission he said to me and i quote bass fishermen are takers they don't leave anything but garbage they don't spend their money in our town they don't buy our gas they don't eat our food and Paul Schmidt, who runs the biggest bass club in New Jersey, put him in his place when he told them, we do every single one of them things. We leave more than we take. We don't even take the fish that we catch. We release them. We buy our gas. We we get an ice cream cone on the way home or we stop for dinner if, you know, the guys want to sit and shoot the bull for a while cold beer so everything that they were saying was reasons to get us out but they were not true and that's why we were you know our hackles got up and we said we're gonna fight i mean i've been fighting since i was a kid i ain't gonna and i i'm not stopping anytime soon let's go lou let's Let's go go. (laughs) i mean honestly guys that's how you have to look at it you're in a fight and you and you better believe it you're in a fight yeah, for sure. So what's the prognosis on Alloway, Lou? Uh, prognosis on Alloway is you may be able to get in there. I don't know how you're going to circumvent the gas engines. Uh, we're going to take a look at it. We're going to go sit with the Federation, uh, like as I said, on the 12th. Then that will, they will direct people from the Division of Fish and Wildlife and Division of Fish and Game to take a look at it. Because honestly, when I spoke to the Fish and Game uh, chairman, he told me that he hasn't heard anything about Alloway in years. He was surprised that this was going on. Yeah. I mean, we're disorganized down here. Excuse me? We're very disorganized. We don't have uh, any, any kind of organization or unity or or central, uh, you know, group down here. It's a bunch of little splinter, ten-man clubs to go out and fish. Yeah, we don't. Well, we don't you're do gonna have to, to start pulling, pulling those clubs together and making them work together. I know my friend Dave yep. mailed out a petition to every single bass organization that he had a, an address for in New Jersey. You know how many we got back to? What? Two. That's pitiful. Was that related Two. to Greenwood? To Greenwood. And that's a lake that a lot of guys like to fish. Yeah, come on, man. We got to get together, Two. guys. Yep. Two we got. Yeah. If it, like I said, if it wasn't for Paul's club, yeah, that petition would have died. 
Yeah. That petition would have died. And, and, the, and the stipulation on Alloway isn't even about running your gas motor. It's electric only lake. You just right. can't have they one hanging on the They just don't want bike. you to have it at all. Yeah, which is which is ridiculous. I mean, every one of them have Chemlon and, and septic systems and right. roof runoff and every other thing. So don't come at me with my gas, you know, with a gas motor. Right. That's, that's ridiculous. I know, I, I know how that works. Well, what I was looking at is uh, I understand that when Greenwood Lake uh, makes their money available for certain projects, that you're not supposed to change the use of the land or in this case, the water. So if bass boats were allowed there before this, then in my way of thinking, they should be allowed after. And if they're not, I would be going to Green Acres and saying, why did you give these people all this money and now they're not letting me use it? Yeah, yeah. These are public funds. I'm part of the public. You're keeping me out. Why? Yeah. Was it Green Acres at Elway? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you really should look into that. I have. I don't have contacts there anymore. My my cousin used to be number two at Green Acres, so he was able to help us with archery. But now. Uh, you know, those are d- different people. I don't know them. But love yeah. the fight, Lou. I love it. I love the fight in you. And uh, I think you've inspired a lot of people that are listening. Well, Pete, I hope so. Take action. All I want to do is like Dave says, I just want to fish. That's all I want to yeah. do. I don't yeah. want to do all this other stuff. But if I have to do it in order to fish, then I'm going to do it. That's right. Well, we appreciate you fighting on our behalf. And yeah. Uh, yeah, is there, is, can, if people want to help you in your calls right now, what can they, can they reach out to you? How can they find you? Well, we're going to be putting up a website soon. We haven't done it because we've been so busy fighting this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have the time, we'll put up a website or we'll put up a Facebook page. You'll be able to contact us on there. Um, if not, you can contact me at Lou the Fisherman at uh, Verizon.net, like fishing net, and um, I'll, I'll 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 send you to the right person. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I Lou, I'm gonna just go ahead and speak for all of us down here in South Jersey and anglers, you know, you know, all all, all across this part of the state. Thanks for what you're doing for fighting for us for Alloway Lake and, you know, and everything that you're doing for everybody up north as well. I mean, like you said, and and Gene, you said as well, as fishermen, ultimately, in order to to accomplish something in these battles, we got to come together. Um, And our strength is our strength is going to be in our numbers. And, um, you know. You, you've given out some some really great advice on this and uh, uh gene you have as well with with kind of giving us a, a starting point in that you know we may not know much about you know the law and and how all this works but we are voters and uh you know if we can influence some people to 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 fight on our behalf because we are voters that that seems like the uh the most efficient way to to really make a difference so um, you know, it, it's time. It sounds like it's time for us to step up as anglers 100%. in the state and, yeah. uh, you know, make our voices heard and, uh, use the platforms that we have to, to, to help make a difference. Yeah. hundred percent. Lou, Lou, I talked to you for the first time, just December 24th. Today's the 28th in four days. You've, 
you know, with Christmas in the middle, you've done more, you know, for Alloway Lake than any of us have done down here to get this thing figured out. And, uh, you know, we got to pick it up. Like Rich said, we got to get it together and, and, uh, get it it together guys. Cause you, you, you can make a difference. I mean, even if you got to park your butt in there, parking lot with permission from the state police and put up signs these signs came from south jersey jimmy mccluskey mccluskey made them up for us and we used them uh, all over the state (laughs) lou i'm just saying yo jimmy sent me (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's it yeah Guys, guys, yeah, if you're every, listening, it's Jimmy. Jimmy yeah, everybody, know, everybody knows the Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy was it, or was it Joe? Yeah, Jimmy said Joe. ram the gate. <laughs> I'm so if you got a problem in your state, you got to get Jersey on. Right. <laughs> tell them about Jimmy. Yeah, that's it. Tell them, yeah. go, go, go Jersey on. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy sent me. You know what happened to Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. That was great. So, so helpful. And, uh, you know, I, Gene, I wanted to ask you a question because this has been stuck in my crawl, and I know you've dealt with this. I think, I hope, I want an answer because <laughs> I'm from from access. Like I, I got a Karen screaming at me when I'm trying to fish her dock. Um, what is there a general rule across the country <laughs> on where you can fish or where you can't when it comes to dock fishing? Unfortunately, not. They, the uh, states have little differences in what they define as what is public water and who can access that water and how. For example, um, in Texas, the attorney general has said public water is public water, period. You can fish docks all you want, as long as you're not fishing around a gas dock where there's a, a, an obvious safety issue, they can put some sort of restrictions there. But the thing that we've run into across the country, and it's just boggles my mind, the Corps of Engineers in one part of the country says, yep, you can fish docks. But in another part of the country, the Corps of Engineers says, no, you can't fish. You have to stay 50 feet away. It's the Army. Shouldn't the rules be the same everywhere? Right. But they're not. And what, what we've run into is, especially with Corps of Engineers lakes, is that about every two or three years, you get a new colonel in that district, and he can change the rules with the stroke of a pen. And, and so it's, you don't know what the rules are if you're, if you're fishing different places around the country. Um, for the most part, most states say public access to public water. The state owns the water. If you get on a dock, that's trespassing. That's pretty obvious. But the water itself is generally owned by the state, and anglers should have access to it within reason as far as, you know, as long as there's not real safety issues. But there are some places where, here we kind of get back to the, to who's got the money. The marina associations have banded together and gotten to the lake authorities 
and and gotten rules written that allow them to basically to post the docks and say this is quote private water and private you know within 50 feet or 100 feet or some some distance like that and and so it's it's different in different states it's different even within states there can be differences uh, from lake to lake and a lot of that depends on who the lake authority is if it's a federally owned lake with the corps of engineers or or if it's a river authority or if it's some other kind of state owned property uh, versus let's say a power plant lake that is owned by the power company they have a lot of say in what you can and can't do under those kind of situations so unfortunately there's not a universal rule that, that anglers can go by across the country when it comes to dock fishing. We have yeah, yeah. Out a number of times and, and, and continue to do so uh, in trying to get some sort of more uniform rules across the country, but uh, it's been a real challenge. And that's something that Bass, my predecessors as conservation director at Bass, going back probably 20 plus years, have fought that same battle. Yep. Paul Paulie B says, I believe if an owner has an issue, they can shove that opinion where the sun doesn't shine. I agree. Um, <laughs> I think we all, we share that opinion. Uh, CD, we you you've been boarded by the Coast Guard a number of times trying to fish docks on our waterways. Uh, it's yeah, like the, it was- the 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 D, the DEP. The like the fishing game says you can fish wherever you want to, but man, the coast the they, the coast guard gets called on us all the time for on the river trying to fish the oh, docks. Yeah, yeah oh, on yeah. The they always get me. I've been boarded four times. They always get me on the Steelies on the Jersey oh. side. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, just south of Timber. Yeah, the guy comes out. The guy like comes half out, time yells at you, and yeah. then the Coast Guard runs you down, and then they I give him the same thing every time. I'm working my way out. Yeah, yeah. Right, and the fish yeah. every pile. <laughs> I, way I, out. I'm start. I'm starting to wear earbuds. I just cut the wires and act like I can't hear them. Two, two thirty. It's two thirty. Yeah. Until the Coast Guard shows up and then yeah. they board you and tie you. Ah, our boats are way up. faster than theirs. <laughs> yeah, they got that twin three hundreds on that one. And they got the. Well, you know, in, in a lot of places, it's just a bluff. And there's places mm. where there is actually no law that they can cite you for. Yeah. Right. But the law enforcement people, you know, there are buddies with the local sheriff or yeah. the constable or somebody. They they come out and they they kind of threaten you with something. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, there's not actually something they can write write you up for. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and we all we typically tell people. Hey, don't don't make a scene. Don't be confrontational. Right. If it's that kind of a problem, leave and 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 we'll deal with it. We'll try to go through the proper channels. But the other part of that is that there are a lot of states now that have constitutional amendments that guarantee the rights of hunters and anglers to pursue their sport. Mm-hmm. And if somebody harasses you unduly in the wrong situation, the wrong places you can have charges filed against them. So it just it depends on which side of that argument you're on. I think, I think Ray right. should take it for the team and get arrested out on the river, and then we'll <laughs> try to get him back. <laughs> yeah, right. I got bail money for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. Nah, not, not on the river. I think Luke, what, go ahead. 
what Jane was refer referencing is about 30 years ago, we had the law passed in New Jersey, which is an anti-hunter harassment bill. And it also equates to fishermen. If you are being harassed while you are legally doing something that you are legally allowed to do, you paid for your license fee, you're fishing, you're hunting, you're trapping, whatever, and somebody wants to harass you, Gene's absolutely right. You can have them written up. You can have them arrested. That's right. But film it because it's gold on YouTube. I would, yes, exactly. <laughs> and don't curse at them and don't fight with them. Make them the bad guys. You be the good guy. That's the hard part. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you got to swallow it, but in the end, you win. Hey, guys. Uh, what a great conversation. Yeah, man. Lou and Gene, appreciate you guys so much. Uh, keep us posted. Hey, if Pete, there's anything I don't, we I don't do want to this to be the call, last time we know. Yeah, I don't want this to be the last time we talk about this, Pete. This is, yeah. this is, no, it shouldn't. No, this it is shouldn't. step one. No, it shouldn't. Well, I, I will say that if, if for the viewers that are, that are from other states, if they've got issues, uh, specific problems, they can they can email me and I'll be glad to try to steer them in the right direction to to contact the folks in their state that are, are doing a lot of the same kind of things that Lou and his folks have been doing and and get people organized to try to fight those battles. Um, they can send me an email. Uh, it's ggilliland at bassmaster.com. How do you spell it, G? It's just G G I L L I L A N D. It's, it's my first initial and my last name, no dots or periods, at Bassmaster.com. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, guys, if you want to get involved, reach out. We've got a couple real, you know, powerful guys are getting stuff done here with us tonight. And uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. It's not going to be the last time because the next issue that comes up, we're going to have you guys come in and help us navigate those waters, too. Uh, I, I hope for that. And, uh, thank you so much. I hope you guys had a great holiday. Happy New Year. And I really appreciate you guys both hanging out with us tonight. God bless. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really appreciate okay. it. I'm uh, going to get my tackle ready. I'm going to go fishing tomorrow. Oh, right. oh Gene, Let's go. Me nice, too. Gene. Screw work. That, that, that's awesome. Send us some pics, Gene. Thanks, guys. Good night. Lou, what, thank what, you. What a deal, man. There's, there's so much going yeah. on. Yep. Thanks, on, guys. Uh, Thank you guys. There's so much going on and CD. I appreciate you, you kind of rallying the troops and, and getting this show together for us tonight. Yeah, man. Uh, this is what it needs. It needs a uh, spotlight, you know, it needs to be highlighted and uh, there's more of it around the country. You know, I can see your, your boards just lighting up. People are dialing yeah. in. Um, we should pick another one. You find another Lou somewhere else in the country and, and, uh, hear what they're doing there might only be one Lou. Uh, yeah i know uh, i mean you know guys high octane yeah, <laughs> yeah uncle lou <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's up mike <laughs> got we the got mute no, on got, <laughs> you got mute on boss i'm having a cat and coke i said pete will appreciate it nice <laughs> i will appreciate that i wish i had a captain and coke <laughs> Look at that. That stays down here at the bar and it stays like that. If Pete had his grubby hands on it, it'd be empty in one show. <laughs> this much. Coffee. <laughs> Drinking coffee. Yeah. That's cool. Hey. Uh -huh. 
it, it, it's, it's coffee. It's coffee. That's hey. all I'm drinking. Ma, but. hey ma, it's coffee. You come around yeah. cross, oh, all right? Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, because I was a little. I got two phones for you. Oh, oh it's Paul. Lou, <laughs> Lou, are you still with us, Lou? Hey, Paul, I'll talk to you and Dave at the same time. <laughs> I got you in you one ear and him in the other. You better be careful, it's, right? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta listen. It's like it's like the Jimmy yeah, Houston no, experience. Not again. <laughs> Oh man, we got to get Lou down to move down here. I need more Lou. Lou's getting some stuff done, man. Dude, he's got he. Yeah, I mean, right on it. He's a pit boss. Yeah, right on it. We got to get it together, man. These fucking guys. We got to get our shit together down here. I'll I'll talk to some guys. Let's see if I can get us get us rallied. But you know, what else are we hearing from? You know, guys in other parts of the country with some yeah, problems, well, or is this just us? No, I, I, I think it's out there, and I think we can reach out to some other people. You know, I wanted to, you know, uh, had more time get into it with Gene because I know there was one in New Hampshire that he was involved with. Yeah. Um, what's the name of that place? Maybe you guys that fish at uh, Sunapee. They were having a problem. Yeah. Um, there was a couple others, um, Colorado and California. Palantine. Yeah, maybe, you know. Well, you know, you're talking about public water that's getting, you know, blocked off. That 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 uh, one in Canada, man, the guy that owns the uh, Rams, he, he bought all the land all around it, and it's public water, and they can't get to, they can't get to the water to fish it. And, and they won. The little club went after him. They won. They got the access back, right? And then uh, he appealed it, right? He threw a mormoolah at it. He appeals it. He wins, kicks him off, um, and because it's Canada, now the person who brought the suit has to pay his le- legal bills. What? It's a tiny little club getting beat up. Oh, no. Yeah. So the guys Owner of the Avalanche, owner of the Rams. Yeah, and the guys that grew up there, lived there. Lived there. Now can't. They now won because they won cause said we have this little indigenous trail that goes to these public bodies of oh, water, man, and he bought all the ranch land around it. He's so the largest land, and he's American. Which, you know, of course, they probably come back. Yeah, and so he took it to an appeal, won it, and and this little tiny club just getting beat up. Yeah, it's just it's but, crazy. Yeah, you know? but you know, it's I mean, on a personal level, there's 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 families that live there, there's kids that can't fish that lake that they grew up on, right? Because you know, right. And it's right. there seems to be a, it could be a better solution, right? You know, some yeah. kind of controlled access, or you know. Yeah, anytime you got to get a lawyer involved, I mean, anytime a lawyer's involved, somebody's being a scumbag. Right. Is that not true? Right. 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 And they win, and then he appeals but it. But somebody on one of the ends is. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh-huh. just my own thoughts. There's I more of it. There's you, more, more of it out there. And uh, scumbaggery. You know, I like to go through your chat board, you know, and find out some other cases that are going on that we can shine some light on it, you know? Michael, what is he doing? Is he muted again? I'm down. I haven't been down bar in a long time man i miss it down here i was just telling beck this feels like the old old days man. i know i miss it too right. i haven't been down there in a lot longer than you <laughs> i miss it. <laughs> what, what are you doing with that what are you doing with the old studio room what's going on in there the studio is uh it's a game room now nice Whoa. like it's shoots and ladders ah uh, i'll give you a little look real quick here hold on a second i don't know how to flip this around there like this it's a little bit of a game room. We got All some right. arcades uh, in here. We got cool. some kids in here. Oh wow! 
playing a couple games. Today. Uh, I miss that room. Damn. Yeah, VR. We still have some memorabilia. Hey, Brian's still in here. <laughs> Are my one eyed sunglasses still in here? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, good times. Oh, brings back memories. Uh, I, I want to say real quick I know we're winding down, but I want to say, uh, want to wish everybody a happy new year. Hope everyone had a happy holiday all the subscribers uh, and people looking for the first time, man. Great time of the year, Pete. Get a BU subscription. Listen, man, you got a little extra cash in your pocket? Looking for a little gift or something after the holiday? Come on, Pete. Right now's the time to learn, right? Watching tape, watching film right now. Let's go. Tell them about it. What do you got? Let's go, man. We've we've got it going on. Uh, You know, go over to bashu.tv, get subscribed. You got it. We got a 60-day free pass to, to dip your toe in it. And we got a great deal where annual subscribers get a hat and a face shield uh, with their annual subscription. So it's it's a really cool deal. And, Mike, you're going to be with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're going to be with us down at Gatson, Alabama in a couple weeks. We're going to be back in person for the first time, man, in a couple of years. Uh, looking forward to that. So uh, go over to thebashuniversity.com and get yourself some tickets for there or Anderson, South Carolina, January fifteenth. So, January fifteenth. That's right. We're like going to be. Blink of an eye. So I am. I, I am beyond excited for for your topic down there, Mike. Uh, well, both your topics, but the one I'm so stoked to hear about is is ripping grass. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. we actually we did a little we did a little social media post last week, and it was kind of a retrofit picture. Um, I'll I'll cue it up for you because I actually never on the I never did a follow up post to announce or to say what lake it was that you were on, but this was a this was a win for you back in the mid two thousands where you caught some key fish on a bit down French fry. Um, you had a ripping grass deal going on in that lake too, but but you you caught some key fish at the end of the tournament on a French fry. What what lake was was that on back in uh, the mid two thousands? You want me to go ahead and answer that? Yeah, yeah, go this ahead. Is, okay. It was the Lake Gunnersville, and it was during a spring tournament there. So there were fish coming and going, some spawning. Um, give you a little background on the event. The first day of the tournament, I weighed in 17 and three quarter, a little less than 18 pounds. I caught every single fish off of bed, sight fishing. Um, the second day, it was cloudy and rainy. I never went to the bank. I stayed offshore and ripped grass all day. Okay. The third day, cloudy. I stayed offshore, ripped grass all day. And then the last day, the clouds went away. It got bluebird and high pressure. And I was only able to catch two or three ripping grass, two good ones and one maybe keeper. Um, that bite totally stopped. I had the wherewithal to go back up on the bank. And the craziest thing is the areas where I saw them spawning, three days later, they were off the beds, but the males were guarding fry. And the only way I could catch them was with a, with a French fry. In some cases, a French fry bit down. But the ripping grass was 100% key to that win. And the two days that I had 20, the 20-pound 20 mark were both all those fish were ripping grass. So I'm very excited to, to be talking about that this seminar. Uh, hopefully uh, it's going to be a good one. Everybody learns a lot. What, what, what place Heck were you yeah. in after day one, Mike? 
I was middle, I would say slightly above middle of the pack after day one. Um, you know, day ones on the elites are always strong. Day two and three. Well, and again, a sight fishing bite too. It's not your wheelhouse necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And day two and three, when it got cloudy and rainy, the shallow guys really struggled, you know? Yep. And me staying deep was really key. So I moved up to uh, like the top 10 on the second day. I moved the lead on the third day. And I mean, all the way up to the end in the last hour of the tournament, I had really let it slip past me and, and Alton Jones had the lead. And just in the last hour, I was able to catch a couple key fish, especially that last one that came. Uh, I would say five, five minutes left before I had to run mm-hmm. back to the ramp. Are I, you kidding? I, no, I caught a, <laughs> I've caught a three, you know, three plus three, three and a half pounder. Uh, and I saw him, he was garden fry. And, and, uh, I actually, the funny thing is I had him hooked and he came off and I just, I I saw the tournament just go past me and I threw back. I couldn't believe it. He came back and ate it and I caught him and landed it, rushed back to the weigh-in and I won by, by about a pound. So key fish. What, um, when you were ripping grass in that deal, um, what, what was your, what was your crankbait when you were, when you were throwing it back then? Yeah. So, you know, my deal has always been I like to alternate between different vibrations when I'm ripping grass. So, you know, good analogy would be like, you know, like when you go, you know, let's say you're, you know, fishing a soft plastic bait. A lot of times you'll have different baits, right? You'll have a soft stick, you'll right. have a creature, you have and two then right. Black give, Senko, right. <laughs> you want to give them different looks. So I do that a lot in my in my grass ripping. And two of the key baits for me for a lot of years and i'm being honest you know you won't hear a lot of guys tell you this because it's outside of their sponsorship but you know the rapala and a strike king those two over the years work working with them in unison hand yeah. in hand dt series tighter vibration more quiet more subtle strike king series 5 5xd wider wobble wider wobble more noisy rattles right yeah. so yeah i those two in combination a lot over the years um along with some other ones but you know i'm a big believer in showing them different crankbait vibrations and styles and uh you know the dt for sure those at the top of the list the striking is is a pretty good one too it's a you guys got to check this out because yeah. as many times as i've tried to duplicate your technique mike it is a it is unique it is very, very hard to do. And, and I'm rooming with me, showing me how to do it. I'm looking forward to your seminar and how you're going to teach people how to do this. Right, because I don't I don't think you worked hard enough at teaching me how to do it. Yeah, so here, here's a question. <laughs> which which would happen first? You learning how to rip grass or Mike dead sticking a Senko? No, no, I'm serious. Like, Mike cannot stand still. Sit still for a second. <laughs> Power poles don't sit at the bottom and they come back up. Dude, I, I saw him bite a, a centipede in half so he could make his bait quieter and smaller. Yeah, and then worked, probably worked it like his era spook. He did do it. <laughs> Buzzed it up. He's new. I, and I also saw him win the classic on that technique, too. Well, there you go. So Mike, Mike wins yep. again. Hey, we got a really big bait we're giving away. BTC. We do. Yeah, we got two and, things. And Mike, away. Mike, are you in the are you in the running to win this bait? Can you win this bait? No. I don't know. I, you know, 
I'm going to forfeit it whether I am or not, because this, I know the bait that we're giving away and I can mm -hmm. tell you firsthand, it's a unbelievable bait. It's uh, a bait that has drawing power. It's a bait that will catch the biggest fish of your life. You will catch on this bait. And I'm taking myself out of the running because I have a few. I want somebody else to experience it. And it, it's the Dump by Black Talon Custom Baits. What are we? Do you have a trivia question, BTC? That yeah. is correct, Peter. We do. Is it a? Is it from the brain of KD? It is from the brain of Ken Duke. Okay. All right. What do we got? How do you want to go? Easy, medium, or difficult? Yo Vegas. Yo Vega. What's up, boss? <laughs> Vegas, you want to? Like no. Yeah, tell everybody what you want. I'm just building rocket ships. Building rocket ships. Vegas, Vegas has been building rocket ships the last few weeks. Right on, brother. That's, right. that's solid work, man. That's good work. NASA. All right, here yeah. we go. You want, ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. Spit it out there, B, and um, and show me the answer, and then we'll uh, be giving this thing away. Guys, just so you know, it is not too late. Sign up right now. 60 days for free. And you can get a chance to win this Black Talon Custom Lures donk. donk. I'm going to rattle off just a couple little bit more things to give you guys time to sign up for free. Great, yeah, for free. It's a great time. And um, also, if you want to sign up annually, commit yourself to learning about the program uh, for a full year. You can sign up for $119.99. Get yourself a Bass U official hat and a face shield. So, guys. There's never been a better time to sign up for the Bash University. And you can win a Black Talon Custom Lures and, and, donk. And, and, right, and not to mention the, the, the benefits of being a member, the things that you learn, the discounts that you mm -hmm. get in the industry mm -hmm. through being a member, more than pay for themselves. You know what my favorite thing is? Is like when we're, when we're on the road or, you know, we're going to events or, you know, going to the classic, sitting in the airport or whatever, and we run into – you know, <laughs> other fishermen that are, you know, that are that are Bash University members and like they know us. And it's like we have that just like instant connection with them, like a guy that I've never met before, never talked to, to talked to before. You know, we get to talking about about Bash University and what our favorite seminars are, all that. It's it really is like a family feel. So, you know, come on, join the program. Let's get yeah. more big fish. Hey, get your shit together. All right. All right. Go ahead. Let's let's fire it off there, B. All right. Here we go. We're going with the moderate question because I want somebody to win. Who was the San Diego biologist, fish and wildlife superintendent who was responsible for the introduction of Florida strain bass into California? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the easy one. Or Spit middle that one. out one more time, B. Who wow. was the San Diego biologist? And Fish and Wildlife Superintendent, who was responsible for the introduction of Florida strain bass into California. Byron Velvet. Ah, Schmyron. <laughs> he was a scientist. Dropped his fluid like a chemist. Yeah. That, I, can you Google that? Probably. Probably. Yep. Probably. Hey, can, can I got to be it? honest. This is a good question. Because the last couple have been like one second answers. Ooh, talking trash on Ken Duke. No, just our it's the strength of our audience, man. Ooh. They're on top of it. That's not how I took it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's how you are. Yeah, you, you know, you, you use your aggression about getting our access rights granted, BTC. You don't want that. You don't want that. 
Uh, there's a lot of guesses coming in here, and like a lot of them sound like so legit. Like I, I don't like know if people, are, yeah, are they just like making up names? Yeah, combining stuff. Mm. That's good. I love Ju- Juice Newton on the IM board says, oh. "If you vote blue, we send in Lou." <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that is good stuff. I want to have oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. Good. Holy Come smokes. Paulie B. Orville Ball. Orville P. Ball Jr. Orville wow. Ball. Well, I, I, I gave that's, it to you. That's he, good. Yeah. He gave me Orville Ball. I'm just going to double check. Paulie B., I got you as the winner right now. Let me just double check to make sure that uh, we didn't have one come what? through before what that. What did he win? He won show, the, he won the show that beautiful bait. I know you showed it earlier. BTC. Yeah, he won. Paulie B, man. Good been, work. Been Good work. It. Orville P. Ball Jr. brought the Florida fingerling, bought the Florida fingerlings with his own money and introduced them into the Upper Ote Reservoir in 1959. A year later, some of those fish were transplanted to other into other county reservoirs today most of the biggest bass ever caught in the history of the universe came from california waters as a result of orville's balls efforts paulie b paul batters congrats congratulations yeah, you batters. won your yeah he's local yeah he's local he's he's a flats guy so ah. if, if paul if you if you weigh in five for 35 this summer paul you're busted <laughs> On something we're gonna know what we're gonna know what's going on out there, kid. Come on, we're trying to shift this to California, Paul. Yeah, we're trying to compete against it. The uh, <laughs> second best guess of Riz's missing coal tags chimed in and said <laughs> the guy who brought him was Pete Lusak, but yeah. it was not. It was Pete was Pete was still sailing down the Delaware River. That's right. In a ship. Yeah. At that, at that point. That's thank right. you, thank you, Ken Duke. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you, Ken. Appreciate you very much, and congratulations. What a what a great win! What a great lore! And thank you, Keith, for uh, yes. for donating that lore yeah. to us. Black Talent Custom uh, Lures, guys, check them out. Try to get yourself one. Good luck, though. <laughs> Good. Hey, congratulations yeah. to Paul. Yeah, way to go, bro. Seriously, good yeah. work. Dude, yeah, and uh, shout can, out to um, um, Epic Eric. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Eric well, sent we us, us the glybates. Yeah. Well, we got to get into them. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna do it when Mike was here and Pete, but Pete stayed home and all this other stuff. Yeah, well, I'm going to dive into mine now because I've never had a glide bait before, and I'm kind of excited about it. Look at him go. Clutch, uh, clutch Swim Bait Co. Um, yeah. I think it's a guy local to uh, JK down there in Georgia. Is he? Yeah, he he hooked us up with some glide baits, and the hooks are really sharp. It's actually catching everything right now in the box. Here we go. We're going to get a hook in our hand here. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, clutch, clutch Swim Bait Co., uh, Dude, looks freaking legit. Um, I'm a guy that I've never caught one on a glide bait before, so I'm excited to try this thing out um, and uh, hopefully catch some fish on it. Good yep. look, good looking yep. bait. And it is. I, I the beauty it. about his is that they're accessible. And Brian, you've tried them out a little bit, so I'll I, let I, you speak to it. Yeah, I, I took it out last week and threw it around. It has a very nice swim to it. Dude, it's legit. It's gonna work. It's absolutely gonna catch them. I'm into and, uh, it. Awesome. I, I gave one to, to Valdez to throw around because I know Johnny fishes seven days a week. And that's just <laughs> during the work week. Um, weekends don't count. But, yeah, Johnny threw it around, and he likes it too. And he's been throwing a lot of glide baits for several years. So it's a good bait, man. 
Oh, I can't wait to get my hands on them. I don't know yeah, that I ever will. Probably not. In Brian's hands right now. Uh, Craig. Yeah. Craig. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, man, it was, it was great. It was great show, man. I really want to thank Gene Gilliland and Lou Martinez for hanging out with Martinez, us tonight. Right? Yep, Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. Martinez. Yeah. 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 Martinez. They were fantastic. Yes. Big shout out to you, yep. Craig, for thank you for you know seeing the seeing what was going on yeah, and yeah. grabbing it and, mm-hmm. and going and you know I don't know we don't know Lou none of us know Lou if it yeah. wasn't for you you know getting yeah. after it so thank you man yeah you're welcome I you know I I think it's great that you guys are uh, highlighting it and uh, Lou's a unique character and uh, as soon as I talked to him I I knew we could we could learn something you know what I mean we could we could put it together and. Uh, I mean, he didn't even get into it tonight, you know, but like he was just kind of saying, you know, one of the things that continues to ring true, you know, he was involved 20 years ago with with, uh, you know, they were trying to make bow hunting here in, in New Jersey illegal. And, and Lou was at the, the forefront of that. And I don't think he took enough credit for what he did for that. It, it probably might not be bow hunting in Jersey right now. Yeah, he, got, for he, him. he got bow, le- uh, bow hunting legal on Sundays. OK, so that was him. Yeah. Yeah. And um, damn, I lost my thought. Sorry, that was good. <laughs> Son of a hit you with a little arrow right there. Oh, it's gone just like yeah. I feel old. Well, Hold on, I'll be back. Well, he was great, and and CD, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, and I, I want to keep doing this. Uh, we want to keep bringing attention to to causes that are important to us as anglers, and uh, and I appreciate you making the trip down and being in the studio tonight wish i could be there with you yeah man and uh, you know thank thank you for that and, well, uh, you know want to wish you a wish you a happy new year and uh want to wish everybody a happy new year and it's it's a new That's year amazing. new you at bash university tv get yourself subscribed uh if you haven't done it yet come on man get over there join us we got so much amazing content that's going to help you become a better angler including mike's ripping technique that is elusive i'm telling you i can't wait to hear a seminar on 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 how he tries to articulate that because it's such a difficult <laughs> thing that he does he don't pops uh, in every time it, he hears his name <laughs> yeah I, I, tr- I tried to duplicate it i want to hear the seminar i want to hear it mike i can't wait for it <laughs> did that just happen yeah is that live happened. that just happened that was solid mike on, on that's 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 horrible yeah, <laughs> pull that clip. <laughs> pull that clip. No, strike that clip. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Hey, that, but hey, Pete. Thanks, before, everybody. BTC, Riz, thank you. Pete. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy, Happy New, New Year's. Year's. Happy holidays. Yes. Yeah, same to you, Mike. Yep. Hey, Pete, Bye, be- Vegas. before you close us out, I remembered my Vegas. thoughts that I forgot a minute ago. It was just about, like, like, doing things that give back and they continue to ring true, like the bow hunting you know, bow hunters provide a lot of meat to, to the, to the, uh, hunters the, the, out hungry. Yes. The homeless. And, and that's always there for when pushback comes to them, you know? So mm-hmm. it's one of the things like we didn't really get into, but we've got to do a little give back here in the fishing community. We've got to organize some things and have some kids events, work with the Ike foundation, show up at Alway Lake with a bunch of kids and tell them to tell them, keep the gate shut now. <laughs> yeah. with the with the channel new with the helicopters flying above from the news yeah alway lake hates well, children I'm gonna put you on the news put you on the news that's right <laughs> all right you're right let's close down hey 
Thanks so much. Give back. It's a great message, though. And that's a great thing to do in the new year is, is find a way to give back. And uh, we appreciate all you guys. Thanks for being part of Bash U. Thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. Thank you, Ike. And uh, thanks, thanks to everybody Justin else. Kimmel we'll for... catch up with you guys yeah. in 2022. Yes. Good on night. Tuesday night. Good night, Peter. Right? All right. Good night. I thought you had to, I thought you were chiming in there, BGC. I missed it. But uh, good night, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful new year. We'll see you next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Bash University Live. When you throw a buzz back there, say, did you just throw it out and reel it in? Uh, that'd be negative. Now, I'm not saying like Ike without his medicine. I'm just saying you reel it in with a little action. So if I cast a buzz bait and I'm coming up to a tree and my buzz bait gets even with it, I'm holding my rod tip in a position of about 10 or 11. Never, ever, 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 ever point your rod tip at your buzz bait. You don't point a loaded gun at people. And you don't point your damn buzz bait rod at the buzz bait because you leave yourself no room for error. And your line will touch the water and your bait won't run. It's true. Rod always should be around 10 to 11 o'clock right here. You want your line to be just a little sloped down, reeling your buzz bait. Not, pull, not just burning it tight, not pointing to it, just slowly reeling. When I come up on a tree, a simple turn of the handle. I'm reeling that buzz bait and if I get to a tree, I honk that handle, don't, don't, and that body go, <coughs> you'll see it jump, just a little bit of frequency. If you just only knew what just this, what Johnny used to call that buck and the horse, he'd be watching me throw a buzz bait and he'd get to a bush and he'd go, buck that horse, buck that horse. You want it just to jump, just, <coughs> you're just trying to make it different. How many times you ever threw a buzz bait and you're reeling around a bush or something and it hits a limb and as soon as it hits a limb, they blow apart and you miss them. You're like, God, he hit it right as he hit the limb because it changed. It changed. So what you're trying to do is change that cast. Every time I get near a target, click, 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 click. Then I start reeling it again, all the way in. I may click it three or four times during one cast. I'm just trying to trigger that extra strike. I'm trying to bring a fish up out of a bush somewhere deeper. I mean, rod positioning on that controls how that works. If you see someone pointing their bait, I mean, I can remember the day, because we used to fish the invitationals, and you would draw somebody and you were boater on boater. If you were throwing a buzz bait and he picked this up and pointed it straight at this buzz bait, you were like, I love this guy because he's fixing to locate some bass for me because he's not going to catch many of them on that. You just didn't have any room for area. You hear people all the time say, man, he, I felt him. I felt him when he blew up on it. Where was your rod tip at? If you have your rod tip here and you're reeling it and the fish were to blow up on the bait and make that whoosh, I can stop. I literally, if I'm reeling, I just pause. I'm looking at that bait to see where it goes. Then I can set the hook, then I can pull. If I'm pointing straight at him, I have nowhere to go but up and set the hook. You just, there's no room for error. This is that little old tricky part. When you throw a buzz bait, they say, did you just throw it out and reel it in? Uh, that'd be negative. Now, I'm not saying like Ike without his medicine. I'm just saying you reel it in with a little action. So if I cast a buzz bait and I'm coming up to a tree and my buzz bait gets even with it, I'm holding my rod tip in a position of about 10 or 11. Never, ever, 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 ever point your rod tip at your buzz bait. You don't point a loaded gun at people and you don't point your damn buzz bait rod at the buzz bait because you leave yourself no room for error. And your line will touch the water and your bait won't run. It's true. Rod always should be around 10 to 11 o'clock right here. You want your line to be just a little sloped down reeling your buzz bait. Not, pull, not just burning it tight, not pointing to it, just slowly reeling. When I come up on a tree, a simple turn of the handle. I'm reeling that buzz bait, and if I get to a tree, 
I honk that handle. Don't, don't, and that body go. <coughs> you'll see it jump just a little bit of frequency. If you just only knew what just this, what Johnny in and it. listen in. Hey everybody, welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break, watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig.